The journey of human civilization highlights the importance of labor. His labor brought him out of stone age to computer age. We have no way except hard labor to realize our dream. Forced labor and debt bondage are common practices across the primary, secondary and tertiary economic sectors in India. With a high number of cases being reported in certain industries such as brick kilns, carpet weaving, textile and garment manufacturing and embroidery, manual scavenging and agriculture. Did all these people choose to do these works or were forced to do them? Of course they were forced because of family issues, corruption, etc. So we from Ayudha are here to give an overview of why people are forced into jobs where they are overqualified. Hello everyone. I'm Gitika and welcome to the fourth episode of the Social Muse. Joining me today are Janvi and Srinath and welcome to the new episode of our podcast The Unsolicited Opinion Labor Dilemma. In my opinion, the reason for forced labor is always the income. Society always sees us through the status we maintain in a society. For example, having a car. So people are forced to take jobs which are not even the ones they're interested in. I think it is also a harsh truth that it is not always the incapability of people to show their skills but the world which doesn't agree to accept people to work without high education qualification absolutely right i think the companies in india always recruit based on their qualifications but not on their real capabilities it is really a pitiful thing that people always judge a book by its cover In this world the worst that could happen for many people is the thought of being unemployed when people expect a person to be responsible for his or her life given the current life circumstances many people prefer their current social status above their mental health in the current scenario giving up a job for mental recovery and looking for a better life seems like an uncertain investment Considering that if they lose their job without finding a better one, temporary unemployment may also cause a person to lose their self-esteem. By the way, which industries do you think that are making use of forced labor, and what do you think their profits are? Yes, I think members of vulnerable groups who frequently lack good livelihood opportunities and access to credit and financial services, making them vulnerable to constant indebtedness. This forces them to do something which they never wanted to do and they never get an opportunity to show their real capability. I agree, but I think the failure of authorities to effectively implement measures to address the issue is also a contributing factor to India's prevalence of forced labor. Yes, it's the bitter truth. Thinking all this, I have also got a question in my mind. Is human trafficking part of forced labor? Who are the victims? What makes them vulnerable to forced labor? I think that the social and economic marginalization of vulnerable groups, as well as their inability to leave their respective groups, makes them particularly vulnerable to forced labor and human trafficking. Informal and unregulated sectors are estimated to employ approximately 94% of India's workforce, and debt bondage remains common in these industries. Furthermore, the lack of labor regulations in these sectors create massive power imbalances in employer-worker relationships, making workers more vulnerable to exploitations. And we have to keep in mind that labor legislation 
is only available for formal sectors. It is a sad thing, but I think chronic underpayment of minimum wages in low-skilled and semi-skilled work is also a major cause of debt bondage because the large-scale workforce is forced to rely on debt bondage to meet basic consumption needs, medical needs and social needs. Oh, I just remembered reading an article. Did you know that in India there are 1 billion people who are employable? However, 60% of them are not searching for any work. This week's biggest argument was brought about by this headline. The information was provided by the independent consulting firm CMIE, which is the Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, after it revealed that the labor force participation rate, LFPR, has drastically decreased, falling from roughly 46% in 2016 to 40% in today's date indicating that a decimal 40% of the working age population is currently seeking work. I suppose this could sound counterintuitive at first. But how on earth can anyone, especially those who are unemployed, suddenly quit looking for work? Well, everyone has their specific reasons for doing what they want to do. And according to what I have researched, I found some facts which is the sad reality of some people. What exactly did you find to make you so upset over it? So consider a person who decides to leave their job to care for their family. Or a person who decided to retire early in order to travel to India. The statistic will include these individuals, although this isn't always a bad thing. Someone has to take care of the house and going on tour doesn't necessarily mean that person is having a hard time, but it does become a little melancholy. But from my perspective, I see that there are many women in the world who manage the work and household very efficiently. So according to me, I think the so-called women should only work at home is a hypocritic thing. This is indirectly a type of forced labor because everyone has a right to live their life on their own terms. Well, to support such women, International Labor Organization has always had one vision promote and realize standards and fundamental principles and rights at work, create greater opportunities for men and women to secure decent employment and income, enhance the coverage and effectiveness of social protection for all, strengthen tripartism and social dialogue. As people are understanding this slowly, the forced labor concerning women is actually slowly changing in India. That's great. But now that you talked about the International Labour Organization, ILO, I remember something. Do you know that ILO has been trying to help in the cases of forced labour by collaborating with the government? Oh yeah, I think I did come across it a while ago. As far as I'm aware, the International Labour Organization, ILO, has been working non-stop in India since 2002 on the issue of bonded labour. They've had many projects in India. A few include... Uh, the Promoting of Elimination of Bonded Labor in South Asia, P-E-B-L-I-S-A, which focused on microfinance and microcredit, to the pilot program in Tamil Nadu's rice mills and brick kilns from 2008 to 2011. Currently, the ILO, Ministry of Labor and Employment, M-O-L-E, has put forward a joint project in which six Indian states have stepped forward to participate and carry out the project. Also, this is not where it ends. In order to prevent bondage, the initiative takes a convergence 
of the acts of the governments, trade unions and employers and prevention strategy. It also entails focusing government programs and services on the entire family including young children, the elderly and those with disabilities rather than just on vulnerable employees by taking the necessary steps in the source and destination areas. The goal is to keep the workers from becoming enslaved by debt. What I am glad about is that the issue is not stagnant. People are already aware about it and even the government is trying to take strict actions and preventive measures. But some things are just vicious and you cannot help but fall in the trap due to it. Forced labor is one such vicious cycle. Once you fall into it, it's actually very difficult to come out of the phase until you are very strong-willed and determined. If you look at the recent social issues, one of the most serious work problems since the Great Depression has been brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. There is a genuine risk that the crisis will worsen inequality and poverty with effects that can last for up to years to come. Currently, nations must do every effort to prevent this job crisis from developing into a social disaster. It is crucial to make an investment in the future and in future generations by rebuilding a better and more resilient labor market. Oh, that's something completely new for me and I have basically no clue about what has happened. Could you elaborate? Oh, I had a life case scenario with it. The schools in my place were not functioning at all because they were mostly private and the fees were not being paid, hence the teachers had no means of income. Since the schools were not functional for two long years due to this, they started taking on small jobs which was actually far below their qualifications and degrees. They took jobs in supermarkets where they barely made money to make their ends meet. They also took jobs in salons and started private tutoring which didn't actually work because people were too scared and paranoid about letting a person from outside enter their home or letting the child go for tuition. Also, I saw that in an article I recently read regarding this issue stated a lot of migrants due to their significant concentration in particularly low-skilled occupations and industries immigrants and racial or ethnic minorities confront particularly challenging issues. These are made worse by the dearth of social networks, which hinders not only job searching but also career transfers and by the discrimination they frequently experience. The crisis affected migrants more severely than native-born people and they are recovering much, much slower. In 2020, the employment rate decreased for those who were born abroad by 3.3% and for those who were born domestically by 2.3% on an average across 28 OECD nations. When compared to native-born workers, the employment rates for migrants were still 1.3% lower in 2021 than they were for two years prior. This has happened in India also. There are reports stating how bad the condition got. What we need right now is that the scheme and preventive measures present in our system be implemented strictly so that we can get a hold of the situation. Though there are many schemes and programs available, people don't always support other people with less qualifications, which sends them to the edge and instead of following their passion and doing what they actually enjoy, they end up doing forced labor and are trapped in unhappiness 
where they cannot find satisfaction even after a lot of hard work. As we know, they say do what you love or love what you do. But in the case of these people, the work actually keeps making them miserable, which makes them frustrated and dissatisfied with life in general, and they forget to see the actual beauty around. This was our unsolicited opinion on the labor dilemma. Do tell us what yours is. Signing off with this episode of our podcast, The Social Muse. See you in the next one soon.